Hello. Hey. I'm Alex. I'm Val. And we are here to talk about The Sopranos. Yes. As per usual. (laughs) 6B, episode 5, Walk Like a Man. Written and directed by Terrence Winter. Terry Winter. Terry. Yep. And what do you think? We're not that lame to call him Terry. No, we wouldn't do that. Um... Yeah, no, great, like, mid, this is the point of the middle of the season, right? So, you know, where are we going? We had our first four episodes, we have this episode, and now we have the last four episodes. Right. So, interesting. Yeah, and an interesting focus on AJ, I find. And Christopher. And Christopher, yeah, these two son-like characters. And examining where they are at the end of the show and where their development has brought them. Mm-hmm. It's interesting to investigate. I think this concept, the title, is very relevant to some of the major themes in this episode. This idea of walk like a man. This idea of masculinity. Uh, following the kind of archetype of what being a man in this New Jersey orbit is. Totally. Um, interestingly, actually, the episode, the first shot we have is the mural of woman above Tony and Carmela's bed going down to Tony asleep. And the first conversation that we witness is them... Actually, sorry. I'm thinking about something later. (laughs) It's not the first conversation they have. But later on, there's a conversation which proves my point. Maybe the first conversation (laughs) doesn't. But about whether it's a good idea that AJ went to the Bing, which wouldn't have been the first conversation. No, that was a lot later. Yeah, that was a lot later. (laughs) Unless it's like some sort of time break. (laughs) I just finished Infinite Jest yesterday. My timelines are all over the place. It's confusing. Good plug for you reading Infinite Jest. I'm not... (laughs) I'm not trying to show off that I, I am so smart it is definitely one of those books that accomplishes that but my sense of continuity is confused as I try to make sense of what okay. the fuck happened in that book <laughs> <laughs> anyway fair what I'm getting at is that I think there's a lot of focus on being a man walking like a man and how maybe that's not applying to AJ and for Christopher fitting the norm of behavior in mob life is also not fitting him. And there's kind of a disconnect and also kind of a disaster that exists for the two of them as they try to match what is kind of desired to be a man. In fact, like AJ watching TV throughout the episode, there's kind of this like progression of what he's watching. He's watching cartoons and then later he's watching boxing. And then ultimately he ends up just flipping channels aimlessly and saying when he's asked what he's watching he says nothing Mm -hmm. so there's actually kind of this evolution for me of aj from child to maybe trying to take on this masculine role after blanca has left him maybe deep down even though he says to his psychiatrist that he doesn't know why she left him it's because they have too much money um and understanding that he isn't a man that she is looking for a man like she actually said earlier in this season yeah and there's that actually another great scene where he is crying when he sees her and he says, why shouldn't we do this? And she says, well, last time you cried and left. Yeah. And that's exactly what happens again. And as he's leaving, there's... This group of guys. There's, this, there's yeah. these three construction workers yeah. fitting this mold of like typical masculine behavior. And after that, we actually see AJ watching boxing. So for me, like the TV and his choices of viewing kind of reflect maybe where he's at psychologically or what he's looking for but ultimately it leads to this place of nihilism where he has kind of inherited the livia attitude towards the world well he also like watching nothing yeah yeah we did see him like you know at the end of of 6a 
kind of like saying I forgot exactly now his words to Blanca but like kind of like when she has those guys who are causing a ruckus downstairs he's like you know talking about stepping up and being a man and taking care of them right so we kind of see him go from kind of right. I think like seeing himself as a man right so mm-hmm. even though he's 20 or whatever like seeing himself kind of as this grown up right guy right and now I think he really sees that that's not a mold that he can fit and I think like we see like we see him kind of watching these quote unquote men both in that scene that you talked about but also like for example when he's at these frat parties right and and with the Jasons who the Jasons. <laughs> who you know are obviously fitting this kind of like more typical mold of someone who grows up in AJ's in the mob, right? Like someone who are are the children of mafia members. Right. Um, and you can see him kind of just like looking on. Like he, he copies their behavior kind of, you know, like mm-hmm. he, he doesn't see himself fitting that. And so I think that those kind of big identity questions do leave you with nihilism, right? right. You're like, oh, well, I thought this. But actually, I was wrong. Right. And I don't see an alternative. So, like, what is there? Well, and the fascinating thing is he actually used, he actually says verbatim, what's the fucking point? Yes. Versus last episode where Tony was talking about, if you're going to lose, what's the point? Yes. Um, we and also then, have, like, you know, after all is said and done, is this all there is? Right. And actually, even after that interaction that I was talking about, Tony saying to Carmela, everything turns to shit. So yeah. there is also this focus in this episode of, inheritance of AJ inheriting something from his father this disease of depression I actually wonder when Tony is reflecting on this in his uh, session with Melfi Mm -hmm. if there's an aspect of he's actually perhaps and this is kind of just like a, a possible reading but if he is lamenting how AJ has inherited characteristics that Tony doesn't recognize these kind of feminine characteristics mm. because there, there is actually this is shortly after the last time where he sees AJ watching nothing on TV yeah there's this focus shift there's an edit to Tony focusing on the female statue at Melfi's which yes. actually starts the whole series yes and there's this aspect for me of Tony not recognizing AJ and trying to deal with it in this typical masculine way but we're seeing throughout the episode that AJ's a little bit different and he's a more sensitive character and the hard line approach that Tony's taking could work in some at some times for instance it did when he got him to go work construction which led him to Blanca but time and time again perhaps it won't and at this moment it seems like AJ maybe needs something different although at the end of this episode things do kind of look up when he's been you know diagnosed with depression and given antidepressants and is able to vibe Beto. That seems to make everybody happy. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, Tony and Carmela seem happy. I don't, I don't know. You know. We'll see. Like, yeah. <laughs> we'll see how AJ does. <laughs> but I think that's kind of the thing, right? And we, and we visited it back in that episode where Tony does get AJ the job and I forget what episode that mm. occurs in at this moment. But like, what does Tony want for AJ, right? Like, there is a lot of talk about kids in this episode, right? Even Tony during his therapy was like, when they're little, like, and you see them, you know, experiencing pain or whatever, you give anything to trade right. places, right? Um, they talk, you know, when Chris is at the bing and he's drunk and he's talking about his daughter and like, what it, what it looked like looking at yourself, right? And like, and seeing yourself in this, 
in this little character. Um, but what does like you know what does Tony want for AJ? Like, does he want him to be like the Jasons? I don't think so. No, I don't think so. And either. and so again, like okay, yeah, like AJ is getting out of the house and vibing Meadow again. Um, but like, what's the behavior he's engaging in? And we have that great close up on his face when they're pouring sulfuric acid on mm, not great. Uh, Vincent or something, Victor. 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 <laughs> two Jasons and a Victor. Yeah. Um, and Jason. The two Jasons wearing all black to just go back to my black and white ideas of season one, two, three before I just bailed and stopped talking. They about definitely it all the time. don't look cool. Like they wear like <laughs> really, I don't know, like like they're not like fashionable. Right. They but that's not really the point, I guess. It's just about... What were they drinking? Young Wing? <laughs> I'm not sure what they were drinking. <laughs> that's um, what I was focused on. But, you know, like, uh, that's not what Tony wants for AJ either. And so, like, what is it well, that and, he does want? And those um, Jasons, actually, the question they ask is, are you going to... You going to cry? You going, are you going to cry? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> or they say, you going to cry? As they're pouring the sulfuric acid. And then we see AJ's reaction. That's fascinating because we've spent so much time focusing on crying. And, and yeah. how impactful it is on these characters. Be it Phil Leotardo or Tony Soprano. Johnny does, Sack. Yeah. Johnny Sack. It means a lot to these men in these positions of power when they do cry. It's also really interesting because for me there's an extra focus that that is coming out of. Because shortly before that is the Melfi scene where Tony's in therapy he sees this female statue. He talks about how therapy is a jerk off. Mm-hmm. And then there's a lot of focus on His blood. the box of Kleenex, actually. Which. <laughs> <laughs> All right, yeah, sure. <laughs> what I'm getting at is yeah. that typically a box of Kleenex in therapy would be a symbol of something to help somebody like when they're crying. Yeah. But there's this focus on therapy being seen as a jerk off for Tony. Which gives it a completely different connotation, right? Yeah. So what is it? And I think that's a major question of The Sopranos is what does therapy do for Tony? Right. Chris says he understands the human condition. You understand the human condition, yeah. Does he? That's a question that we need to ask ourselves at the end of the show. I would say probably not. (laughs) But what's interesting is that symbol can have completely different connotations based on how you see therapy. So if you see it as being a jerk off or if you see it as him confronting his issues and dealing with them. But it's interesting also because this goes on to um, Tony saying, well, this is inevitably going to lead to you grilling me on how I feel all about this, mm-hmm. how I feel about all this. And Melfi responds with, isn't that why you're here? Yeah. Which is interesting because that has a certain degree of awareness that it is that it is a jerk off and it is about Tony Soprano. It yeah. is about Tony just throwing these things out about himself. Um and yeah. I think that's that's And really I think that's the thing, right? And then he says, like, after all is said and done, is this all there is, right? right. Like, what what is this? What are what is he left with? Right. Um, is this like what we like is this what people hope to accomplish by going to therapy? Cause I don't know, arguably Tony's accomplished very little to nothing <laughs> right. in his time in therapy. Right. You know, some little breakthroughs, but the usefulness of them to him. I mean, there are things that have stuck with him, right? Like, so this, the, you know, conversation around inheritance and genetics, right? And like what you inherit from your parents, yeah. right? He grapples with that with AJ. We have Christopher grappling with that with his dad and his mom in this yeah. episode as well. Um, this is something that Tony 
has recognized through therapy. He did not necessarily blame his mother for his problems before he came to therapy. And yet, I think that's a really interesting topic that you're bringing up because Christopher talks about, I inherited it. It's a disease. It's a, a disease. disease, yeah. And he talks about inheriting being a junkie from his dad, Dickie Moltisanti, the big hero. Ultimately, when it comes down to and it, Tony's, he was a junkie. And Tony's big hero. Well, Tony then says, I know, a, like, he talks about depression as, I know it as a crutch when mm. I see it. Right, so he can recognize Christopher using this this concept of inheritance of characteristics as a crutch, but he doesn't necessarily recognize it for himself. Yeah. So through therapy, yes, he has confronted these issues, and he thinks about the inheritance of soprano genes that he can black and white put it down to being putrid, rotten, fucking yeah. genes. But ultimately, when he sees somebody else using the same excuse, he recognizes it as a crutch, but he lives his life. Yeah. In a way where he's using that same crutch. Yeah. And I guess, like, it's, it's hard to kind of all, like, tie it up in some ways. Because we also have this concept of, like, no, in some ways, like, again, kind of, like, if you're going to lose anyways, does it really matter? Like, Chris talking about being a drip versus being a disgrace, right? Like, so when he's sober, he's a drip. Mm. And when he's using, he's a disgrace. Right. And Polly says to him, like, can't you just, like, you know, why is it so hard for you just to be normal? And, and Chris says, like, for some of us it is, right? So, like, like it's, so for some of us it is hard to be normal. Mm. And so I think it is this thing of, like, so, like, whatever. Like, so we, you know, like, make these changes and try to grow, right? But in the end, like, people are still against, like, people are still calling you a drip or calling you a disgrace, right? Like, nobody's ever happy with what you are so you might as well just kind of like let yourself go is how you know in this episode maybe with christopher um that's one kind of interpretation of his behavior in this episode we don't know what happens after he goes into his house right at the end of this episode we don't know <laughs> <laughs> we don't know um <laughs> Who knows? Mm. Um, I can make an educated guess. Right? But, like, that's what he's, like, so, like again, like, what's the point? If you're going to lose anyways, what's the point? Right. And I think that's what Tony's, like, Tony did go to that session with Melfi to quit therapy. Right. right. Based on her question last week. Right. Or last week. I don't know. Whenever in time that was for us right. last week when we watched the last episode. Right. There is a focus, something that's interesting for me, too, for Tony in terms of his focus on his on himself and his narcissism is that he's now confronted with his son having some very real problems that mirror his own mm -hmm. and yet he's always thinking about it in terms of how it affects him so even early on in the episode when he's talking to carlo carlo there's a lot of examples yeah. even like almost right at the very beginning tony's talking to carmel and he says i feel bad for him but why has he got to take it out on us mm. and that follows a scene where we see aj on the couch and there's actually some really interesting shot selection because the focus is completely off on Tony and Carmela and is completely focused on AJ. Mm -hmm. So we see this kind of as an issue that is about AJ. It's not about Tony and Carmela. And yet they are understanding it in terms of how it affects them. Right. They're worried about Tony's worried about how it reflects on Sure. Him. Well like like when Carlos and Patsy are talking about their sons. Right. Right? And like and Tony's and they're like, how's AJ? You know? He's like He's great. You know, <laughs> he, right. like, he doesn't want that to reflect on him, right? Like, what would people think if they knew that AJ was home crying? Right, crying. Oh, my God. I know. Magic. <laughs> Unbelievable. Well, and he says in therapy, to think you're the cause of it. 
that's the thing that really kind of breaks him. Yeah. That's the thing that's really hurtful for to Tommy, which is about him. Yeah. It's not about AJ. Yeah. And ultimately, he is just continuing his therapy jerk off. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the session doesn't seem to like end, or we don't see it. I don't, you know. Right. Which is interesting. Right. Um, we're kind of left in the middle. Um, I think it also like this whole, you know, again, like we are talking about AJ, but like it also holds true with Tony and, and Christopher's relationship, right? Like totally. Tony also seeing again, like especially with Christopher kind of bringing up Dickie Moltisanti, for example, and we know that Tony's grappled with like, has he been able to be a good mentor like he had when he was growing up? And no, like he hasn't. Like Christopher is obviously not okay. Um, to- could Tony have, you know, like done better to help Christopher? Probably. And Christopher talks like when they're sitting, he's sitting in the stairwell with one of his other people from AA. Yeah. Um, and, you know, talking about how like, you know, his uncle, it's like his uncle once removed, apparently, which yeah. I don't know if that's really the real <laughs> relationship, but, um, you know, that his, his boss is his uncle and, and, you know, later on when he's, no, know, I think I, that is the relationship, isn't it? Well, kind of. I thing, don't, but, isn't he Carmela's yeah. cousin? Like, yeah, I guess it's weird, but I guess so. Yeah. It, I, <laughs> I guess you know, I don't understand Italian, New Jersey family connections. Yeah. <laughs> well, anyways, what it's you know, me. it's it's just like it's beans. irrelevant. <laughs> but um, but you know, say like talking about how complicated that is, and then later when he's with JT, um, you know, really unpacking this thing that happened between like kind of putting the genesis of kind of he and Tony's poison, as he refers right. to it, as you know the issue with Adriana. And it's how he interprets it is also really interesting. I don't think I wrote it down. It's with the he guy in the stairwell, right? That he no, I'm, I'm talking about with JT now. Okay. That I, I was okay, talking yeah. about the guy mm-hmm. in the stairwell earlier. Right. Um, golf man. Golf man? Golf man. Why is he a golf man? Because <laughs> he can't go to his golf events anymore. Oh, I, I didn't realize that was the guy. I just, he was like, <laughs> yeah, me too at the session. Um, but he, he talks about with JT how... Um, Tony never appreciated what Christopher did. Right. In that, right? Like siding, siding with, quote unquote, siding with Tony right. over this issue with Adriana. That's a cool way to look at it. Um, so, yeah, I don't know. And, you know, and, and to some extent, too, like Polly as Chris's mentor in some ways, too, right? Like that their relationship is also really dysfunctional and, and fraught and hilarious. Yeah. And, um, dangerous yeah no absolutely so i guess like yeah and i think like you were saying like therapy being all about tony well like that is kind of what therapy is in some ways too like melfi's not there to analyze anyone else in relation with tony she's there to help him to react react better to other people who are out there in the world right like that's all we we are able to control Right. right Um, and so therapy is like, you know, not in a bad way, but a selfish thing to do. And so I think that's like kind of like fits with Tony's narcissism in some ways too. Right. And I think, I mean, yeah, like there's all sorts of issues with narcissists not really being functional in therapy because it like just kind of feeds into their 
disorder. Right. Too. So. Interesting. Um. Yeah. I don't know. Like. Yeah. Probably she should never have taken him on in the first place. But. <laughs> mistake. Yeah. <laughs> we shouldn't. This show was all just a waste of it time. Was, yeah. It was a big mistake. It's all a big nothing. Yeah. In some ways that is kind of where it leaves us. Yeah. There's this aspect too of Tony in the beginning coming down the stairs when he's going to see AJ singing comfortably numb, which will come back mm-hmm. in a subsequent episode. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, so that's something to look out for. But I think that the choice of that song also reflects a place that a lot of these characters are in at the end of the show. This idea of characters being comfortably numb, being at a place where they're, I mean, yeah, they're, <laughs> I mean, it's so simple <laughs> talking about <laughs> hitting the nail over the head with the lyric selections. But I think it's important and I think it was chosen for a reason and we also have the benefit yeah. of knowing that that comes back at a key scene in season 6b and that it means more than it just did when Tony was singing it coming down the stairs but yeah that is kind of the the place that a lot of these characters are at at the end of the show yeah something I that I've been thinking about and I've brought it up kind of like not quite in this way in other episodes but we, we start off a lot of episodes of the Sopranos or a scene, even just like I mean, scenes in The Sopranos with characters just waking up. Often Tony. Mostly Tony. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, and we also do, I think I said this when I was talking about this another time, like we we do get insight into mostly, again, mostly Tony, but some other characters' dreams as well. And so I always wonder when we start an episode with Tony waking up like that. And he kind of like wakes up in pain, mm. like... You know, he, he's asleep and then he turns over and he like has this kind of grimace on his face and he wakes up like what dream was he just having? Like where was Tony right before we woke up? Right. And then, you know, and so like again, like how do you get like how do you get a song like comfortably numb in your head mm. to wake up and walk down the stairs? And right? what does so, that reflect about his subconscious? Yeah. That that would have come up in history yeah. if it did. Yeah. We can't prove that, but it is kind of... Well, that's, but I think that's just like where I've kind of been like, what I've been noticing is kind of trying to think about that. Because we do see Tony act on his dreams. We mm. know that he puts a lot of uh, faith, I guess, right. in like kind of trusting the things that go on in his, in his subconscious. Um, which is interesting when we talk about, you know, when Christopher says like, you're in therapy, you understand the human condition... Um, I don't know if that's correct or not, but I do know that Tony does put a lot, like he does, uh, value his subconscious, um, you know, because of his journey as Kevin Finnerty and what, like all these other examples we've had. And when, you know, like just sensing that pussy is a rat right through his, Mm. (laughs) through his dreams. Um, so yeah, so I just like, I, I like to just kind of take note of, those times when we just start with someone waking up. Yeah. No, absolutely. I think that's a good thing to think about. Um, I had a connection between Christopher and Tony. Christopher, near the end of the episode, the shot's going to slow motion, which reflects Tony's view point of view going to slow motion as he looked out at his friends in yeah. an earlier episode when he's questioning if these really are his friends after Carmela kind of tells him that they aren't. So Christopher, and then we have Christopher having Yeah, so going well, through yeah. the same kind of realization for his own reasons. Um, yeah, an interesting use of a shot that we've seen before that can imply something similar but different for a different character. Yeah. And kind of connects Tony and Christopher too, dealing with the same 
Well, I think that goes back issues. to that, like, for some of us, like, when Polly says to Chris, like, can't you just be, like, is it so hard just to be normal? And Christopher says, for some of us, it is. Right. And I think, like, that is a connect, like, and Christopher connects with Tony over that. He's like, you get it. You're in therapy, right? right. Like, you have a crutch, you know, kind of, like, you have your shit that you're dealing with, too. And I have my shit that right. I'm dealing with. And so, like. But, Chris, but Tony actually doesn't. Really, but well, and that's kind of the point. But Christopher would imagine, like, you know, based on that information, like Christopher right. would assume that, right? Right. Um, but I love that slow mo scene, and it has uh, this close up on Tony at the end of it, and Tony is smoking a cigar, and the smoke in slow motion. This smoke is just kind of, and I'm motioning with my hands right now, <laughs> um, like coming up on the sides of his smile and he has this like very creepy mm -hmm. slow motion smile and it reminds me of like i don't know when you see like a devil in a cartoon mm. and they're like giving that grin and there's like smoke coming up along the sides of their face their face i, I don't know i have this image of a, it's a cartoon devil in my right. head that it reminds me of um but we also see earlier in the episode when uh, they're over at Christopher's house for the barbecue. Yeah. We see Chris looking at Tony and Bobby over the grill. And there's the, like, heat waves. Like, you know, when you, like, mm -hmm. see heat and it's, like, wavy. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? It's very hard to describe over podcast when I can't. <laughs> heat waves. Yeah, make, a lot of arm motioning. Make yeah, these yeah, motions yeah. to you. Um, but, yeah. So, for, like, we're definitely, again, like, who is Tony Soprano? I think we're getting some good um, imagery that would suggest that maybe he's kind of a bad guy. Mm. <laughs> this whole time. Just kind of. <laughs> Just a little bit. Um, also, and, and we also, have, we also have Chris, like, kind of, again, like, you know, sorry, if you want to go. Just really quickly, I mean, in yeah. terms of Tony being a bad guy, there's these, like, little <laughs> moments of dialogue throughout the episode that do kind of suggests that Tony has reverted back to his original bad behavior that he was right. supposed to have solved, you know. Like trying to go home with the with the dancer with the stripper from the talking about let's yeah, like let's you try out those sheets that you were talking about. Things that he was maybe trying to not do but is now fully embraced and kind of yeah. doubled down on. Yeah. No, and I, I think like I was going to it's a, probably still a good connection for what I was going to talk about because of course we see Christopher um being a really bad guy. And just straight up shooting JT. Yeah, that sucks. In the head. I don't like that. And it's interesting that he chooses to do that only after JT says, "You're in, Chris. You're in the mafia." That's kind of the moment where yeah. he snaps. That's where he leaves and shoots him. There's almost... but it kind of is. It's like this is who you really are. Right. Right. Like you can pretend to be a writer <laughs> or a right. or a film director or whatever. Right. But like, who are you really? Right. And I think that is a point of, of choosing. I mean, he's obviously not, you know, sober. Right. But, like, kind of like, oh, yeah, like, that is who I am. Right. Well, and, yeah, um, and that aspect of actually pulling the trigger is yeah. maybe a certain degree of acceptance and yeah. choice and agency in kind of recognizing that that is who you are. Yeah. What do you think about when Christopher goes to his house and fixes that tree and we're left just looking at this tree? Interesting, yeah. What do you think about it? <laughs> I'm asking you. <laughs> I saw it. I knew yeah. something was going on, but 
it's it's hard. There's a lot going on to come and immediately reflect on yeah. all aspects of an episode. I know. Well, I think like there is definitely something, and I'm you know again I'm I'm asking it because it was interesting to me. Mm-hmm. I don't have an answer either. But we have like when we have Polly just like destroying the landscaping of mm-hmm. Christopher's yard, including a duck, or a, yeah. I guess it's a goose. Actually, I think it's a Canada goose. Mm. But I thought the, it was a duck. Yeah. I mean, you know, but I'm probably wrong. It was duck-like. Um, My ornithology is And, <laughs> you know, these flowers and this grass and this tree that gets knocked over, right? Like, we've seen nature used um, to indicate, I mean, to indicate a lot of things. But, you know, we use nature often to really explore some of the deeper issues of mortality and, you know, life itself. Um but landscaping is kind of this like faux nature, right? Like it's this like man-made created nature kind of facade of your house, right? Like that's not what was there when this house was built, right? Right. Um, it, they put it in. Salvitro is going to fix it up for <laughs> Good them. Good old Salvitro. I know. Dependable for, for Salvitro. For free, I'm sure. <laughs> um, but there's something like with, I don't know, like maybe it's an aspect of control or like kind of, I don't know, um, uh, like a mask in some ways for what's really going on internally for characters, right? Like you've Mm. kind of tried to create this space that's um, bigger than yourself. I don't know, like uh, that you're this, I I can't, I don't know, I can't quite put my finger on it. Like that you're, it's like there's something bigger than yourself but in all reality there's just nothing like if you run it over with a car it's it's gone and, oh. you, and you can like fix this tree up and mm. pat it back into the ground um but it's i don't know it doesn't look that stable I don't interesting know. yeah it's just this like, well also i mean the tree and wind through leaves is mm-hmm. typically a symbol that's used a lot to kind of motion the afterlife and these bigger questions so mm-hmm. christopher patching up this tree and choosing to repair it can kind of suggest maybe multiple different interpretations in terms of how he sees his existence at the end of the show Mm -hmm. after he has shot JT. Perhaps that's changed something. Perhaps Mm -hmm. he accepts his existence or perhaps he, perhaps it's the opposite. Like maybe it's, it's more a question of it it is damaged. Yeah, but we have this and it's like, it's interesting with Chris and Polly in particular because of course like we've seen them venture out into the wilderness together, right? And so then we have like after Polly's you know, spun his car around the yard a bunch of times. Mm -hmm. We have this shot of Christopher standing there talking with Tony on the phone and the camera's kind of spinning around him and it's kind of like showing the damage that's been done. Uh, I don't know. Right. I don't know. Well, also, yeah, like that, I mean, that kind of camera work is suggesting something that's kind of out of control. I mean, we've seen spinning, circling shots going back mm-hmm. to the very beginning of the season, often suggesting like multiple season. sides of a character. Just Sorry, of the season. series. <laughs> <laughs> but there's also something, it, for me, it's kind of like the dogma filming style where we had Tony meeting with Philly Atarda. Like it's it's a little bit frantic. Like it does kind of reflect yeah. Christopher's mental state at that time. But there's also, it's almost like a kind of out of control version of all the different perspectives he has at that moment. Yeah. Like it's just kind of, Yep. It's kind of chaotic. Yeah. Well, and we end our episode with like a lot of back and forth scenes between Chris and AJ, right? Mm-hmm. Like we kind of have this back and forth between the two of them as the show, as the as the episode ends. Right. Um, and I think like it is trying to kind of like point out to us the differences in these 
characters, but also, you know, like, uh, like, I'm not seeing it as very hopeful for AJ, at least at this point, right? Because these characters who we see who are kind of like, you know, damaged in whatever way, right? Like products of shitty parenting and products of a shitty environment that they grow up in. Um, there's not a ton of ways out, right? So again, like what does Tony want for AJ? What does Tony want for Christopher? Um, I don't think it really matters. Like, it doesn't matter in some ways. Like it's just kind of, it's bleak. It's right. like, there's, there's not, there's a lot of shitty ways it can go. Um, but there's not a ton of positive um, paths for any. I of mean, them. maybe there still is for AJ. That's the thing. Like when you actually kind of like step back. I mean, he does have a lot of advantages and opportunities. He's from white. Where he is. Yeah, as Tony says. Let's be. Girls honest. are girls are dying to meet a guy like you. You're white. <laughs> <laughs> um, it's a huge advantage these days. It is a huge advantage these days. <laughs> um. Maybe all days. <laughs> Probably. <yeah. laughs> um, but, I mean, AJ could... Like, there is something about that next generation of The Sopranos where AJ and Meadow have opportunities that their parents didn't. Yeah. Meadow's been on a Mysterious date. Let's date. see where that goes. I wonder who um, it is. <laughs> I wonder who it is. Um, the other... Th- I have a couple, like, little things mm-hmm. I wanted to touch on. Um, the whole thing with, like, Chris's father-in-law. We find out that Chris's father-in-law is, like, in business with him, right? And right. that's a big source of this conflict between um, Polly and right. Christopher and Tony during this episode. Um, and Lil Polly. I like to think of him as, like, L-I-L apostrophe, Lil Polly. <laughs> Lil Polly. Lil Polly. Um, Lil Polly's not doing great. Lil Polly. <laughs> but um, it's interesting, right? So again, like kind of this like, you know, way out, quote unquote, like Christopher, even though he married Kelly, <laughs> um, mm-hmm. is still like now her family is just like sucked into that, right. right? And so it's just this like, it is, it's just this gross, right. diseased, um poison totally um it's like an asbestos if you will mm-hmm. sorry yeah. alex's phone has been going off a lot during this podcast <laughs> probably should have turned it off um <laughs> uh, the other thing that came up was really close to the beginning of the episode um aj's like you might not believe it but food is not the answer to every problem that was some, i loved that series of shots wow just going crazy Super over popular. here yeah. maybe you can't even hear it on here <laughs> um but yeah i thought that was interesting right so it kind of shows us like the different ways that aj deals with can you just turn it off now <laughs> uh that aj Got deals it. with um his problems right he right. doesn't go right to food like tony we've seen tony do with ice cream and things like that he's chosen a different totally well actually yeah aj says food doesn't solve all problems and then interestingly we cut to Polly talking to christopher you watching your cholesterol is something that he says to him, like as a response to, he doesn't want to go out and eat. He doesn't want to drink. There's this focus on food again. And then there's actually a switch from there. There's an edit to Tony at Satrials and a focus on the pigs Mm -hmm. as we see the FBI agents. So again, there's this kind of connective tissue of food linking together all these disparate Mm storylines and kind of suggesting that all these things that are happening separately, be it, 
AJ's storyline, be it Christopher and Polly, be it Tony with the FBI, they are all connected. And there is this mm-hmm. one thing that does tie them all together. It is something very universal. I mean, obviously mm-hmm. food is something that applies to everyone. But in the orbit of Sopranos, it's even more relevant. And there is, it is a way that the edits kind of have more gravity and connect everything. And there's yeah. kind of like a thread that's lined between... Yeah all these different storylines that are happening. I thought that was super interesting. Mm-hmm. Even actually, there's one time where there's talking about, I guess, a, a murder where it's, or maybe it's Christopher, where we see Tony at Satriels and it says hamburger patties, I think. Mm-hmm. I didn't write this down, but it reminds me of when we meet Bobby Bacalov for the first time. I think it also says hamburger patties at Satriels. But there is, yeah, like even how different types of meats or different types of foods could suggest something based on, like, what kind of a meat it is and kind of what the scene is and how it could kind of reflect that. Well, also, like, yeah, Chris, like Christopher, when he's cooking that meat at his barbecue with Tony, right? And he's saying, like, even Satriel's, like, how do you go, how do you eat a sausage with peppers and not have a cold one? Right. Right? Like, that food is also this um, addiction, crutch, whatever, right? Like, right. It's, it, it's part of people's coping Right. mechanisms too, right so and even also like an aspect of control like tony telling christopher how to grill saying that that's done you should mm. flip this there's something kind of interesting all there. that jerking off is paying off now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah um the only other thing i have was it's embarrassing mm. but i never realized that they changed the actor who plays Barbara. Barbara. <laughs> <laughs> Until today, when I was like, that's not minute. Barbara. <laughs> who is that? <laughs> Quick. Um, and I guess they changed the actor, which is actually hilarious in this show because Barbara is such a non entity. You non-entity. don't even really notice. Like, it's, I mean, it's bad that I've never noticed before, but right. at the same time, it's hilarious because she is just like nothing in the world of Sopranos. Right. Um, but I guess she came to this barbecue at Christopher's house, so that's also very strange. I don't know. Right. Why? Like, don't they live far away? I don't think they're... They're not that far. Okay. Yeah. But this barbecue was important enough for them to make it out for yeah. it. Yeah. It was an important barbecue. <laughs> cool. They wanted to be there. Oh, well, that's good. Um, yeah. AJ quits his job at the pizza restaurant, which... But he's the manager. <laughs> he's the manager. <laughs> Um, yeah, I don't know. I'm left with like thinking about like where does AJ kind of fit in? Mm-hmm. Um, it's a good question. I don't think is, we have an answer to that. You know, what is his his future? Yeah. Yeah. I and what's Meadow's future? Also increasingly relevant. I don't care. Relevant. I don't care a lot about Meadow. <laughs> <laughs> we have to care about everybody, Val, equally. <laughs> I know. She just is annoying. But it's, I mean, I think that is a major question in the show is that as it completes where do the characters go from there and as we've examined this long march of kind of looking at generations and the passing of characteristics from father to son or father to daughter mother to son from from parents to children um how does that cycle get perpetuated in the soprano family and how does it get perpetuated for all the other major characters Mm -hmm. and with meadow back in the picture that's definitely a major question that we're left with right we also have the soprano family eating a meal together right always uh relevant yeah (laughs) we'll have to see if that happens again in the next four episodes yeah all of them together we'll see yeah 
Anyways, that's Maybe all. Maybe open to interpretation. <laughs> 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 Things get a little weird. <laughs> yeah. Um, thank you so much for listening. We appreciate it. We can't believe how few episodes are left. And... We gotta go. We gotta go. Okay. <laughs> Thanks for listening. All right. Bye. Okay. Talk to you soon.